He's just what you'd expect for a man who covers sports. Six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds. Uh, wiry. But he does know Kansas City sports as well as anyone. He's Kansas City Star columnist Sam McDowell on the program. Second half of the program begins right now. We welcome Kansas City Star columnist Sam McDowell to the festivities. Sam, how are you? I'm doing great. Are you? Are, yeah. you, are, you, are you? are you really doing great? Yeah, doing great. It's going to be <laughs> great. These guys are great. Well, super then. I'm proud of you. Uh, you know, going to make another trip to the Super Bowl, you know, like we do in this town. That's how it works. Uh, we just go to the Super Bowl. By the way, I should mention that... Uh, Sam McDowell is uh, brought to you by our friends at Big O Tires. Uh, you uh, can get uh, great savings right now at Big O Tires, now through February 19th. Get up to $160 in rebate savings, plus free basic installation on select sets of Michelin tires, and stop in for your healthy car special. It's available for just thirty nine ninety five. and includes oil change, alignment, uh, the uh, tire rotation, and more for just thirty nine ninety five. It's only at your locally owned and operated Kansas City Big O Tires. Find a location and make an appointment online at BigOtires.com. Big O Tires, the team you trust. When do you leave for the uh, Super Bowl, Sam? Tomorrow? Sunday. Oh, you're going to wait till Sunday? Okay. Yeah. I guess if yeah, you want to get there late. Yeah. If you want to half-ass Day it. of game? That's kind of weird. <laughs> if you want to half-ass it, I guess you could do that. Yeah. You know, I, I figured you'd, you'd be all over the star. Like, got to be out there right away. Got to go right now. Yeah, I think everything's happening at the Aria. I need to be there. Is it? Mo- yeah, yeah. Mo- most of the coverage is right there at the poker table, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where all the players hang out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, be, get, get some good scuttlebutt there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you got to hate it having to go cover the. Were you <laughs> you weren't going if the Chiefs didn't win, right? Probably not. Only if there's like a compelling reason um, that ties in Kansas City or the Chiefs or something like that. And I, I didn't really see it with uh, a Ravens 49ers. Um, will you um, will you sleep or will you work all day and then play poker all night? You know what? We rarely sleep this next week anyway at the Super Bowl. But um, it's one of the reasons I told you off air that we're not staying on the strip. We're staying a little bit off of it close because you can't be trusted are. you can't be trusted it, that it's close. just how, how tempting is it i mean you'll be staying like closer to it than i it, it's just it's i'm not tempting. i'm not in a hotel it, but you'll be staying close to, you'll, like, you'll be able to see the strip from i don't even have transportation i um, can't get there okay i'm not what tubby ain't walking over there okay well um and i get it would be and, I, and i'm not i'm not paying for a bunch of ubers to uber's cheap in vegas it is cheap because there's lots of them. Yeah, yeah. Right? So that you don't have too many surges because there's right. lots of them. No, I mean, I'll, I'll grab some. we got a couple things planned. Uh, boss has got a couple of cool evenings planned. Uh, i got some friends that I'll, I'll get together with. Um, might get together. Might have, might dine with Fat Jack. Nice. Let's find out if this fat ass can eat. Huh? You know what I'm saying? We've determined he's, he's not, not fat. He's not even that fat. Was here when we were at Dixon's, he was like, it's not the good that the guy should, uh, But I guess formerly FatJackSports.com, yes. you know, must have been taken yes. for a website. So, you know, he just sticks with Fat Somewhat Jack. portly, you know, mildly. Dad bod Jack was in yeah. there. I, I try to make it, you know, as maybe, you know, Lebo, Lebo can go for months. He doesn't have any kids at home. You know, it's just how long his wife is like, okay, you can go. Me, I got responsibilities, right? But, you know, every time I go out there, I'm always like, when all the things that are going on, I'm always like, oh, man, 
I probably should have gone out there for longer. And then when I get on the plane after a few days, I'm headed home. I'm like, I nailed this. I nailed <laughs> yeah. this. You know, whenever I start to, like, usually every time when I'm leaving and everybody else has got three or four more days, like, I'm good. Now, going to the game, I'd like to go to the game. Uh, but I don't, I've seen enough Super Bowls in the press box without cheering. And that's not part because we do the pregame here. We don't get out to the games anymore. And so it's not really part of my routine. And I rather enjoy the family and friends version of watching the games. So sitting in the auxiliary press box, which is, you know, section 598, row Z, seat 52. Next to a bunch of humps I don't know, you know, no, pass. Now, you writing people, will you be in the actual press box or yeah, will you yeah. be in a... They, they take priority for local press, uh, the okay. local two teams at the game, yeah. Well, so maybe it'd be a time now that I should I should go for it then, huh? Maybe. Um, I mean, I would think... I kind of I kind of got be... out on that, like, right about the time the Chiefs got good. Yeah. No, not yeah. really. The last Super Bowl I stayed for was, what was it, Curtis? You said it was uh, Tampa oh, two? Bay, St. Bucks, Lo- uh, Bucks Tampa Raiders. Bay Raiders. Yeah, I stayed for a bunch of them before then, but Bucks Raiders was my my last one. Oh two, San Diego, January of oh three. By the way, I'm ready for San Diego to get back on the. Uh, that's still a phenomenal place to cover a Super Bowl. Let me tell you, yeah, I'm a lot of hurdles Diego, to get actually. back there. Though, You've right? never been to San Diego, I haven't, no, dude. Uh-huh. But. Uh, the next time you have to go to L.A., fly home from San Diego and go down to San Diego. Yeah. The drive isn't even bad unless you're driving at rush hour. You drive in the middle of the day. It's not even bad to go between those two. And San Diego's the best. They're probably Although, done for, for Super Bowls out there, right? I mean, you have to have a team, right? Yes, and they don't have a stadium anymore. Yeah. They have a 40,000-seat stadium <laughs> for the Aztecs now. That's right. not going to fly. No. Um, but it was it was my favorite Super Bowl to cover was the San Diego, and it was great. You know, now I've never seen Vegas do it. I'm, Vegas will be pretty good. It will be. It's, an, it'll be it's, a, it's going to be a different environment because, um, look, I, I didn't go to Tampa. That was during during COVID year. Um, and the two I have been to, outside Miami and then um, outside Phoenix. And so those are very populous cities. They're very uh, – Phoenix especially, as you know, is a spread out city. There's a lot of suburbs right around um, Vegas, I mean, you would tell me before I would tell you, but it's, I mean, the Strip is a strip. But yes, it's incredibly crowded, but it's, relatively speaking, those other two places, not incredibly big. Um, so it's it's going to be a lot of people in a very congested area, even for a city that's used to a lot of people in a congested area. It's, I think it's going to be a different experience. I mean, look, it's the biggest event they've ever held. Uh, is that right? Yeah, I think Formula One was their most anticipated as far as bringing um, single-day event, bringing people into the city. But, that, I mean, the Super Bowl is going to be the, the biggest event I think they've ever held. Really? I mean, they haven't had a stadium that's this, this, this size. Um, and, you know, I mean, people, I, I, people I, I, go to Vegas for the Super Bowl when the Super Bowl is in it, Miami. It, but that's the thing is, like, every week in Vegas there's, like, over 200,000 tourists there. Well, so there's, like there's going to be seventy five thousand people just at the game. I know, but there but there are events like that all the time. There are conventions that bring three or four hundred thousand people. Like I, that's great that the NFL wants to trumpet this is the biggest event they've had. It's Ooh. not the NFL. It's me. I think oh, this is the you? biggest event they've I, had. I will tell you, you need to get out more. Uh, like they 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 this is really not a big deal for them. The race was a big deal because they reconfigured 
people how people got to get from A to B. But this is just a bunch of people coming in, going to a convention. You can't say it's not a big deal for them, though. Oh, it's a, like it's a <laughs> yes, having because the Super Bowl is a big event that everybody watches. But I'm saying like the manpower and like no people like they don't like if you had the Super Bowl here, they'd be asking thousands of people to volunteer their time to tell people where to go to go do this and and make sure hey if you're going to Uber they'll be well, come World Cup time I think they're going to be recruiting people to Uber and do those kind of things. None of that is going on in Vegas. No, so uh, that's what I'm talking. I'm not saying that like, oh, the Super Bowl doesn't matter. They don't care. This is no bigger than the Celine Dion concert that you know plays 150 nights a year at Caesars. No, not at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as far as circling the wagons and getting manpower to do something, it's this is every day there. Says um, I'm I'm reading here. They're, they're expecting 330,000 people mm-hmm. um, visitors for the Super Bowl. So. Um, president of the Las Vegas Convention says it'll be one of the largest events in the city's history. Yeah. I mean, but they, they have, like, that's what they are, an event space. I'm ready for it. Okay. I'll see it. Yeah. All right. You get see it up close in person. Um, tell me, uh, w- you know, we spent a lot of time listening to you. Uh, for weeks, talk about how good the Baltimore Ravens were. Somebody predicted the Chiefs to win. Um, Somebody on the show last week said that the Chiefs were going to beat the Ravens. Uh, Adam did great. I'm proud of him. So, you know, Pete. Pete was wonderful. Yeah, Pete. Pete picked them too. Uh, did you really pick the Chiefs? Yeah, I picked the Chiefs to win by three. I picked the Chiefs. To yeah, that's the right because they did well. say, "Wait a minute, you're going on and on about how great they are analytically, but yet you're not picking the Ravens." So why? Why did you pick them? Because I think a lot of what. The betting markets are continuing to do is usually the larger the sample size you can have, the better. As in anything in sports, in this situation, I think the Chiefs are being judged on what they were early in the season, and I think that they made real changes to their offense that have had a real effect. And statistically, two of the best games that they've played all season are the last two games they played. Um, and they were good against the Dolphins despite the conditions, and obviously we saw the conditions affect the Dolphins. But you can't say, well, the Dolphins' offense wasn't what it was because of the conditions, but then not credit the, the Chiefs' right. offense for being uh, better than average in that game, in that same game. So, And they were good against the Bengals. They were better than the 25-point output in that. I mean, they scored on, what was it, eight drives in that game, like seven of their first eight, something like that. Um, so I just think that the Chiefs team, and I, I don't think that's because of some statistical anomaly. I mean, look, the sucker bets, I think, in a Las Vegas setting are to bet just based on what the team did last week. So I understand why the Chiefs have been underdogs because you look at the totality of the season. But just what they've done over the last four weeks, I can attribute it to, to the specific changes they've made offensively. Um, and I just think it's it's hard to bet against this quarterback against guys that have never played in the games that they've been in before. Yeah, I, I think. Well, I mean, yes, Lamar Jackson hadn't been in an AFC Championship game, but he had right. played in four playoff games. Right. I don't know. You think you think there's that much difference? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the first it was the first. Do, do you think he wilted, or do you think that the Chiefs just had a better game plan? Uh, like, are you buying both. it? Both. I I thought I think. Look, part of the reason the Chiefs had a better game plan is because I really didn't understand the Ravens' game plan. Um, I thought everybody all season probably wanted to get up two possessions on the Ravens to see what the Ravens would do. The Chiefs were the team that managed to do it because of how well they played offensively. 
But look, anytime you get in any NFL setting, the goal should be to put a quarterback in a position he hasn't been in before, whether that's you know under pressure enough, whether that's flushing him out of the pocket, whether sometimes it's sprinkling in a coverage he hasn't seen before. In this case, the situation was make him play from down two possessions, which he had not taken a snap all season down two possessions. I think that the Ravens were the team that played like they hadn't been down two possessions. Yeah, like they, they started, uh, they they, got, they abandoned their game plan in, in a first half setting when there was, or, or they had a bad one, or, or they had one that was back. based upon the looks that they saw and to check to certain calls. And the Chiefs had seen that, and Steve Spagnuolo gave them the looks to check to the pass and said, "Go ahead and give it a shot." Like that's the part where I think Steve Spagnuolo, who's getting a lot of credit, deserves even more than he's getting, is from the standpoint when everyone's like, "They only gave it to the running back six times." And clearly because Steve Spagnuolo was inviting them to throw. I'm not really sure what it was because oftentimes he had nickel and dime personnel out there. So you would have thought that it said, well, let's run it, even if they were three wide. But he gave them something. He had seen something on film where it's like, if we show this, they'll do this. But then to me what he did, and we just talked about it with Tim that I think was unique, was he didn't necessarily blitz to sack Lamar Jackson. I think he blitzed to contain, and they were almost aggressive run blitzes. You know, when you look at it, I was watching a little bit again today, and, you know, everyone's pretty gap sound, which there's always an element of being gap sound. You don't want to, but we're bringing four guys on one side and leaving the, the other side clear open. But th- there was an element of where he was coming from, where I think it was also like, if they run, you know, we're in pretty good shape. And, and we did also see that they kind of said, like, you know, big plays will be there because they did get, you know, they had Nick Bolton on Zay Flowers once. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he almost, when he almost got the interception, he was guarding him as well. Right. And so, you know, there, there were, um, you know, he had some things that was kind of like, well, if you hit it, congratulations. I'll tip my cap. But we're going to get you. I, uh, I I do think Lamar Jackson is limited as a passer. He's better now than he was, but he's still limited. And I think he got a master's course. I think Steve Spagnuolo gave a master's course to their OC. And this is what it looks like when I got all year to look at you and see what you got. And I and this is what it looks like when you run into a wily old veteran who's got a lot of things that he can pull off the shelf. And has had a couple of years with all his guys to where now they're up to speed and can handle pretty much whatever he can throw at them. I, you know, that was the key in this game because the offense really was good for two drives. Two and a half, yeah. I mean, they, they 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 got down inside the twenty on the next drive when they went for it on fourth down and missed. Um, well, they got all the way into the end zone if if they weren't called for holding. Right. Yeah. So that was that was a completely different drive than the one I referenced. Like I thought they were good for the the full two first two quarters. They did. To your point, they only had the, the field goal. The field goal came drives. right before the half. But they also got stopped on a fourth down where they drove inside Baltimore's what was a fifteen yard line. Do they get that far in? That was, line. Yeah, yeah, was, that was after, the, that was after the, fumble. the fumble. Yeah, that yeah. was after the fumble. Yeah, they the, didn't the, drive The field goal down. drive, they, just... they went they went uh, 45. They went from the 11 to the Baltimore 34. That was the long. That was the second Or 34 to 11. Yeah. Uh, no, from their own 11 to the 34, on the, the, the field goal drive you're talking about. Yeah, that, that's the field that, goal. That was, that was the third longest drive of the day. Right. But the, what was the fumble? Where did they get the fumble? They got the ball at the 30, Baltimore 33. They got, got 20 to, yards and got to the 13. They got stopped and where? At the 13? Okay. So, yeah. So, the drive was the field goal. Um, and, and they took that one all the way in, but it got, it got called back on the tra- on one of the Trey Smith holdings. But, uh, but I, I mean, like in the second half, they had nothing on offense. Right. But I, I actually think 
Which was okay. I was them yeah, managing the I mean, game. I do think it was them managing the game. Like, I mean, you're looking at, I mean, when you're covering a team that consistently produces the same results, you're looking for different ways that they've done it. And we haven't seen a, a, the Chiefs sit on a lead before in that manner and just say, we don't think you guys can get to 17 points today. So the objective here well, how many is, times is, is they, not to turn it over. How many times do they have a lead? I mean, I guess, you know, inferior competition against the Chargers, the first Raiders, the Bears. You know, they got them down and just stayed on them. Like, I don't know if you'd say those teams quit. But for the most part, they were playing a lot of games where they weren't. I mean, like, the one thing, I'll go back to one of the things you said. Well, their game plan was to get up by two scores. Well, that's everybody's game plan. That's, what, that's, what that's not preface, a game plan. That's, that's, that's I, an objective. No, that, that's, that's, that's their game plan. I said everybody wants to get up two scores on the Ravens. The Chiefs were the team, okay, that, was able, the Chiefs were the team that were able to do it. Though. Yeah, and, and so that makes it a lot better, which I give them great credit for having what what they needed to get out and get in, get in front. Uh, but I do think, you know, I think two things. One, the Ravens do consistently, and that's why I want to come back to the analytics side. I remember uh, Corey Anderson saying on the station one time, listen, and it was, this is with the old coordinators that they had, Lamar Jack, they're going to come out, they're going to run the ball a couple times, the Chiefs are going to score, and then the Ravens are going to start throwing all the time. That's what they do. They do it all the time. And you would have thought, okay, well, they've gotten away from that. They've, they're going to blitz way too much on defense because Wink Martindale's Gunther Cunningham. If, it, if we're not getting there, let's just get the, let's just send more guys. And, and that, that really was them. And this was supposed to be the, the, the team that was different. And so the analytic darling part of it, they got away from. And I, and I think they got away from it because Steve Spagnuolo had seen they'll throw it. I can bait them into throwing with whatever personnels or whatever fronts he gave to Lamar Jackson. Because I think probably, you know, e- either Lamar hasn't seen them or their offensive coordinator hasn't seen those fronts and the, the different looks and the ways he was coming at them. Or there's a limit to what they can handle. And he's like, I'll overwhelm them. I'll give them so many different things, he's not going to know what's going on. So do you think the Ravens have the exact same second-half game plan if the game's tied? Because um, I don't. I think I think that they're playing into the Chiefs' hands. I, I think there was there's too much panic about being down two scores. Uh, no, not, not if the game's tied. Um, no, I don't. I, I think they would have been a little more patient. But the, the difference is... The Chiefs, and they, it was certainly easier for the Chiefs to do it with the lead. But the Chiefs, I think, with the change that's come with Cincinnati, in addition to getting out of the huddle, which you detailed very well, uh, a number of different times when we've had conversations here. But the other thing they did was they embraced that we're just not winning 34-33 anymore. Yeah, we can't do it. Yeah. We can't just say we have to get a score with a minute to go. right? We saw their best effort, and they settled for the field goal. You know, and, and I and I thought that was bit. You know, they had to get back to get the field goal after Trey Smith knocked them out of field goal range, which was again some of their sloppy play. Now one of the one of the holes I thought was a little soft, but one of them was, "What are you doing? Why are you throwing a guy down on a screen?" It was that was just. I mean, they did still have their moments of Creed Humphreys bowling for snaps, and which was one of his worst days we've ever seen. Yes, I mean, that. you know, we saw Half plenty of that. We, Trey Smith's hold on the on the, like I, I even I agree he didn't really affect the guy that much. But then you put your arms all the way around a guy and spin on a screen pass, you're going to get called for holding every time. And so they still did some goofy stuff. But the one thing they did do. Other than the fourth down, which I think was a mistake, and I said it at my house at the time, I think I might have tweeted it as well, is three in our pocket, let's get the three. Butker, this isn't the Lions. I've heard some good stuff on the Lions. Well, from 40-something on the road, 
you know, or on grass, maybe it was. The Lions kicker was only 62%. So going forward on fourth down, actually, analytically, was a better move than people think. Okay, fine. Well, we can talk about that later if you want. But but not with Butker. With Butker, it's it's butt-numbing cold. He knocks it through. If the wind is blowing in Buffalo, he knocks it through. And I think one of the things they started doing was, okay, we fixed the snap, the hold, and all that crap, the hold, really, from last year. And now this guy's automatic. So stop taking three points out of your pocket and throwing it on the ground. And take the three. And I think that mindset has permeated throughout. And Patrick Mahomes exemplified it in the fourth quarter, taking sacks, keeping the clock running, yeah. not throwing incompletions, and definitely not turning the football over. Yeah, so I, I didn't um, – I agree with with, with Mahomes. I, th- I think one of the, the, the subtle parts of his game in the fourth quarter, and Andy Reid mentioned it yesterday, was, was taking sacks rather than even throwing the ball away and getting incompletions. I didn't mind them going for it in the first half because of this, which is – the Ravens, we saw when they were allowed time to make adjustments at halftime, the game changed with the Chiefs offense versus the Chiefs-Ravens half of the game. I mean, the Chiefs had 98 yards on 30 plays in the second half. The first half is when you had the advantage of the game. And so, therefore, that, I, I thought, was the time to try and get more points and to try and maximize the advantage that you had. And I, they did by three points. I just I, I didn't mind I didn't mind them going for seven because the other the other aspect of that is you're deep enough to where it's a long field and by the way it did affect their next field position I mean the Ravens ended up punting on that ensuing drive um, so it's a, it's about I, I, a 12, listen I'm not screaming I'm not screaming mad about it uh, because I I think they were seeing very quickly that they had a great defensive game plan I and mean, they had they had, they they scored seven points because of the fourth down two on their very first drive. Yeah, they they uh, oh absolutely nobody I, has an issue with that play call. Uh, nobody. I, well, I, I was I I didn't have an issue with it, but I was like, wow, this is bold. This is Andy going for it. But I do think that when you have a chance for because that other one though he wasn't in field goal range. That was at the forty one, I believe. Yeah. So it would have been eh, he, he's in Buckers range fifty eight, but it's less of a uh, of a sure thing. But I, I, to me, I think in the part that the Lions missed is when they're up seventeen, when they're up fourteen, getting to three scores is giant. Like I think, I think going past sixteen to seventeen is giant. I think there's a mental part to it that it's now three scores that you would have put on it. And I think in this game, which pretty quickly started settling in, like okay, this might turn into a rock fight. I know we went up and down. You know, Baltimore didn't, and the Chiefs did. Baltimore did, and the Chiefs did. It looked like oh my god, we're gonna have fireworks. And then it was like. The faucet kind of came off. And so, to me, staying up by two scores, like the fact that they were up by 10 was big. That field goal before the half was giant. I think things could be very different if it's just 14-7. And I think 20-7, to you would it may have been a route because I think you may have seen pure panic mode out of the Ravens. And Todd, everyone can settle down about Todd Munkin and what all he did because that he deserves some blame in it. But I, I think Steve Spagnuolo, I, 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 any – any, you know, blame you want to throw at somebody for for choking needs the credit needs to be given to the other guy for putting his hands around that guy's throat. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. Look, I, I don't think any coach should be judged based on one game. I do think Munkin had a bad day, though. Um, with the Lions, which thing, is completely unacceptable. Look, with the with the Lions thing, I don't I, I don't necessarily agree with the the, the three scores it should be the swaying factor, but in that situation. Um, you know, the, the one before the half, and uh, I, I thought you should kick the field goal, which they did. 
um, purely because you can't alter the – you don't get the advantage of field position if you miss. Um, but the Lions' biggest mistake of the game is calling timeout on an offensive play after third down late in the fourth quarter. That's what prevented them from still being in the game after missing the onside kick. If they don't call third timeout after a third down run at the goal line, then they're still in the game after the onside kick. Like, that's the decision that they screwed up there. Cost them, what, 40 seconds? Yeah, 35, 35 seconds. seconds. I mean, it's it's a significant play to use a timeout with less than two minutes left and you're trailing by oh, two you're talking the about game. the Lions? Lions yeah. screwed a lot of things up. I mean, if if we're if people are going to scream and yell about six carries for the running backs, the second half the Lions abandoned the run. But I mean, that's that's where again I come back and say, okay, but the Forty ers went in at halftime and said, when we show this, they do this. Like like everybody loves how multiple everything is and all that. Tell like you're multiple and it doesn't work, and then it's like you're a moron. Why didn't you do it? Well, they had nine guys in the box. See, next so we that's... threw the ball. I, this is where it's like, hey, here, here's part of the, the equation. Jared Goff's the quarterback in the Lions. There's a reason why Sean McVay traded him for Matt Stafford, right? Like, And you saw it on the fourth down throw. On the run, he threw a great school pass because he can't throw off the run. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's only scrambled eight times all year. I mean, so uh-huh. like that's part of it is like the 49ers had things in their defensive game plan. They needed to see what it was once they saw where it was. And to be honest with you, they were probably late in adjusting to it. I think Spagnuolo would have adjusted to it way quicker. But, you know, they finally did, and the, they I think they said to the line, okay, here it is. Are you going to run into this? And they said no. And then that's the other thing is, like, when you get stopped, you don't get any more plays to call. You're out. And now if the other team's got their offense going, you don't get back out there for eight more minutes. Yeah, but the, what you said about the adjustments there, that's the reason – that I point out that going the Chiefs going for it in the first half makes sense. Is it's, it's before they get a chance to get a look at it. Yeah, and everything. Preempt, yeah I, I don't doubt that. You preempt the opportunity for Baltimore to make the adjustments because their defense was ranked number one for a reason. And I, you mentioned the analytics earlier, and I, I know their defense was ranked historically good on some of these analytics. Like we saw the reasons why in the second half. Like their defense was really good in that second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I also agree that. Did you think that it was going to be touchdown central? Now, listen, there could have been another touchdown for the Ravens, as we know. They were 18 inches away from yeah. from punching another one in. But one of the other reasons why I would tack on in that situation, and particularly if I'm if you go with Andy Reid's mindset where it's like, well, the game situation matters. Okay, well, it wasn't feeling like Baltimore was going to get many more touchdowns. You'd had like one blown play. Otherwise, it doesn't feel like they're getting anything. Yeah, they only had three drives at that point, though, and one was the fumble. It was a two. It was, it was punt, touchdown, fumble, and the punt was um, kind of a drop pass there on third down. Well, I, I'll come back and I'll say this: you're in the get it right business. So anytime you sure. go for it and don't get it, you made a mistake. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm process over results on that. I I, I think in the, it, it, if you're going to come out there and you're supposed to go have the right call. I mean, and if you don't have the right call, don't go for it. I mean, that's true, but um, like I just play the odds, and I, nothing's one hundred zero in this game. You know, um, so it's it's to me. I uh, I don't know. I, I like I like the analytics, but it seems like everybody wants everybody to go for fourth down, and we're watching a lot of them not make it because I think the analytics. Well, the analytics say. There, a lot of them are not based on what the real situation is. Yeah, but I mean, again, that's the reason the Chiefs scored their opening drive of the game um, was because oh, I, going for it. I like down. going for it on fourth down. I just think that this, this blanket always go for it. Well, yeah. yes, I, I listen. 
if you hire a coach and he goes seven and ten, he's got a Romeo Cornell sat at a podium and told everyone why he should be back as the head coach. Well, we had young players. We were trying to develop guys. We developed these guys. A lot of that. He even, I guarantee you, he sits there and goes, "Well, that eleven and five year Andy Reid had was because of all the development we did with all these guys." I mean, there, there's there's a reason for why everything is done. But at the end of the day, you keep your job for getting it done. You can write a bunch of boring ass columns that you can give your editor a lot of reasons. No, I don't have that if, ability. If no. they don't, if they don't click it, <laughs> eventually you're fired. Uh, I mean, but I, I'm just going with the odds. Like the the best odds of getting it done in those both those situations, we're going for it. Uh, let's take a break. Sam McDowell is with us, columnist for the Kansas City Star. Uh, we will get uh, a little bit more into uh, Patrick Mahomes, his legacy. Are the Chiefs officially a dynasty right now? We talk about it with Sam McDowell uh, from the uh, Kansas City Star. He's not allowed in here, is he? All right, the good sense. End of the hour answer. Go ahead, Curtis. What? Okay. Sorry for that. My bad. Crude interruption, interruption. from uh, yes. Todd Lebo <laughs> yes. there. Todrick. Uh With a minimum of 20 attempts, what quarterback had the highest yards per attempt in a single postseason game? Minimum of 20 attempts, mm-hmm. highest yards per attempt. Mm-hmm. So not the, everyone always loves that Phil Sims 22 or 25. 316 yards on 21 attempts. 21 attempts. What was he? What of what? What for 21? Uh, I just saw the record. I'll pull the game 316. up here. I think it was 16 for 21. 18 maybe. Let's, let's make sure here. 18. We get up there on the highest completion percentage. Uh, Joe Montana? That sounds kind of Joe Montana-ish. Um, no. He's not Joe Montana. <laughs> not okay. remotely close. Nick Foles. He'd dream of being Nick Foles. He was, he was 10 of 21. He only completed 10 that game? 10 of 21 I for 316 and 2. 10. Wow. The following Did he week, win or lose? He won. He won, and the following week they got... Got basted. I'll say this. Well, oh, this is a playoff thing. I'm thinking mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Oh, I thought it was a Super Bowl as well. Just postseason. Postseason game. Tim Tebow against the Steelers? Tim yeah, Tebow yeah. against the Steelers. 10 of 21 for 316, 2-0, 15.01 yards per attempt, uh, narrowing, narrowly beating out Terry Bradshaw in Super Bowl 14 and Peyton Manning in a wild card game against the Broncos in 2003. If, if you guys weren't able to replay the audio, I would swear you said Super Bowl. Yeah, I would too. But I don't want post-season. to recall the audio. I literally read it from my question. It says postseason. Postseason game. Curtis has literally never made a mistake. Oh, I've made mistakes. I just don't usually read the word postseason as Super Bowl. I I'm reading from the to, script. I found a way to summon two thirty seconds in the final minute of the pregame show on that was strong. Sunday, so that was fun. Minute. 30. 30. Yeah, it sounds like I think that's 10. Being a veteran, I was able yeah, to we, adapt we your stupidity and make it happen, so it was fine. It worked out <laughs> fine. Uh, we had Curtis there to be like, Curtis, he says 30 the second time. I knew it, and Curtis knew it. Curtis goes, <laughs> gives the 10 fingers and mouths the word 10. It's 10. Um, so we were fine. Uh, we have fun. Is it a dynasty? They need this win to be a dynasty, and then if they get the win, are they a dynasty? I don't know. Does it matter? <laughs> it's kind of what you do. Aren't you supposed to frame this for people? Um, 
I mean, I, I don't think like the the does it matter on a dynasty if they does, lose. Does it matter? I mean, does it, uh, just the term yeah, dynasty. It does matter. The term dynasty. I, I just don't get up that much for the term dynasty. All right. I'll say yeah, Sam McDowell. Appreciate <laughs> yeah. it, Sam. Gorfidal said. Maybe you'll uh, have something for us next week in Vegas. <laughs> Gorfidal once said, writing what you know is a great advice for someone who shouldn't be a writer. You should write what you think. What do well, you think? I think the, the term dynasty is overrated. That's there what you I go. think. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, Sam. Uh, as a person who lives his life cheering for a bunch of guys he's never met as far as sports fandom you don't want to pull the thread too far about what matters and what doesn't because in reality well i'm talking about i'm talking about the term dynasty um i don't know i mean they've been to six straight afc championship games the only two they've lost they lost in overtime and i mean are, are they not there yet are they not dominating the afc like we haven't seen before already they've been to six straight of these yeah but dynasties close. in ancient china lasted like hundreds of years um i think this is as close to a team can be considered a, a dynasty with while only having won two super bowls because i almost can make the argument to just getting to six straight cha- championship games and four super bowls in a six-year span almost puts the dynasty label on a, it also helps that there isn't somebody else that's that they're really competing They've with. They've beaten four different teams yes. in their AFC championship wins. Four yeah. different teams. Yes. And every year, other than that Titans year, the thought has been that this is their new challenger now. You yeah. know, when they beat the Bills, it was this is the team they're going to have to get through. Then we heard all off season that the Bills – I mean, Sean McDermott actually went on record and said they were beating – they were building their team to beat the Chiefs. Then the Bengals beat them, and we were told – this is the team now. This is the team they're going to have to reckon with now. They're, they, they've beaten them three straight times. Yep. How are they going to get past the Bengals now? They Bro beat them. The Bengals, daddy. Yeah, but they, they, they beat them, and then the Bengals don't make the playoffs this year. And let's face it, the Bengals did not look great even when Joe Burrow was healthy. Like yeah. they were, Bengals weren't losing games down the stretch because of Jake Browning. Yeah. Chiefs didn't just um, beat the Bengals. They then won the Super Bowl, which the Bengals right. hadn't done. So yeah. they went, all right, here's what you do when you get there. You win. Yeah, and then, I mean, the Ravens were the Ravens this year. They were one seed for a reason. Yep. The, the worst seed, the worst record. Patrick Mahomes has had worst stats across the board when you look at it touchdowns per game yards per game most interceptions he's ever thrown uh, worst passer rating he's ever had and guess what the Chiefs are here anyway so I mean I guess if they win this game sure it really helps the resume but are we not already there with this team just absolutely dominating this league right now well I've just heard a lot of people I didn't know if you had a I'm th- geez, I'm you can give me a list of crap you want me to ask you next time if had, you'd like. I mean, had no thoughts on it. Yeah. A lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say three. Three is the marker. Like after last year when they won two, some people said, said no, you got to win three. And how long? Like the same quarterback, same coach, like three and like what? in six, three yeah. and six maybe. I mean, I Chiefs think it's of, like. Chiefs have won three. I, I think it does fall into the category <laughs> of how many up can you still steal? It's an unwritten rule. There is no. Now, we. We might go ahead and define it. I think they need three championships. Right? And, are they the best team of this era? Of course they are. But would you call it a dynasty? I think you need three championships. In what span? Like, let's like I don't they, think the Broncos back-to-back at the end of the 90s made them a dynasty. It made them the best team for a couple of years. That's why I think you look at the six-year span that they're on. And it's great, but I think you. I think it has to be to, to really, you know, could you get away with calling it a dynasty and sit here and have a pissing match over a couple of Coronas? Sure. 
if they only have two. Yes, absolutely. Are they the strongest team? Yes, but just being the strongest team isn't dynastic. They've done everything except win the third championship. I, I think three is an important number to get to. I, I have no problem with the, yeah, but they're two overtimes away from playing in six straight Super Bowls. Okay. And they won two of them. Great. And, and maybe that's good enough. That's why I'm asking you. Where is the mark for you that you would say that? There are lots of different marks for lots of different people. Yeah, I mean, What's I, yours? I mean, there's six years into this. I, I mean, I think if if probably different combinations, I guess, would be my answer. I don't think it requires three championships. I think if they reach nine straight AFC championships but don't win that third championships, we're, we're still going to be like, this team has dominated this era. But it sounds like you think six way. in a row is already, you yeah, said, are they not there already? There. So, so they are like already there. Straight. They don't yeah. need it then. Yeah. Would be the answer. Yeah. Probably, yeah. I think his question was, why, why is it a debate? I just realized that you actually gave us the answer with that first answer. I just didn't, I didn't hear it. Well, there's not. But, said, but Aren't I, they but, already there? Would be but, 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 I, but I took that as, like, who else would you give it to? Well, right. I, I don't think it has to go to anyone. Yeah. No, I don't think right? it has to go to anyone. It's like, it like the, the heavyweight it's champion. Hall of Fame. Yeah. It isn't like the heavyweight champion. No. Maybe Someone's no one's have getting it. in. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, I don't no. know. And if not the Chiefs, this era, certainly not anybody. Right, but but if the Chiefs is the question. But I also think there needs to be some consideration to that, that no team has repeated in, what, 19 years now. Yeah, That's why I think that would be a a slam dunk as to why to be the first team to do that. If they win, slam dunk for sure. But I think the actual question is whether or not they're already. Yeah, the distinction would be, I I, I think you, you think they are now. And but there could be some pushback if they don't win in two weeks. But if they win that game, there is at, you can't offer up any kind of compelling argument that they aren't a dynasty. That to me is a distinction. Now uh, we'll see how painful it is to ask Sam if Patrick Mahomes is now the greatest quarterback of all time. How would he define? We only have Mahomes one more segment, right? I, yeah. And we'll see. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, 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 you know, maybe I'll have a migraine by the time we get to the. Uh, the end of that one. We'll find out. Sam McDowell is with us, uh, joins us here in the program. He's brought to you by our friends at Big O Tires. You can get some Big O savings right now, now through February 19th. Get up to $160 in rebate savings plus free basic installation on select sets of Michelin tires. Go to BigOtires.com to schedule your appointment right now. That's BigOtires.com. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Sam McDowell's appearance here on the program is brought to you by Big O Tires, the name you trust, BigOtires.com, to schedule your appointment. Take advantage of great savings going on right now, now through February 19th. Get up to $160 in rebate savings, plus free basic installation on select sets of Michelin tires. Uh, you can also stop in for that healthy car special available for just thirty nine ninety five. Includes an oil change, alignment check, uh, tire rotation, and more. Just thirty nine ninety five. Go to BigOtires.com and schedule your appointment today where's patrick mahomes sit all time or are you does it matter is anybody better now no no we're we're hip to that um i, I mean he's the best i've ever seen okay um now whether or not he's gonna have the best resume of all time i think yeah he's got to add more championships for that but he's already like he, he's already the best quarterback i've ever seen on a game-by-game basis who would you take he, he's the best i've ever seen but this postseason is legacy changing for him because, you know, he's he's always earned it in the regular season as much as he's earned it in the postseason in the past. This year he's had to earn it in the postseason more than he did in the regular season. I mean, this, if the Chiefs finish as underdogs, he'll have to win three straight games as underdogs. He will face the absolute hardest schedule, not only possible for the Chiefs, but this has to be one of the hardest schedules of all time to win a Super Bowl. When you look at 
the Bills, who were a really good number two seed, the Ravens, who you mentioned how, how good I said that they mm-hmm. had been over the regular season, and then a really good 49ers team. Like, the best three teams on the DVOA stat I mentioned last week, those are the top three in the regular season. Having to beat two of them on the road and one as a neutral site, like, this will be – if he wins this one, I, I think 10 years from now, 15 years from now, from now whenever he's done playing – We'll still look back at this one and say that was the hardest it ever was for him. Um, you think you don't think there'll be one that'll be a tougher, not a tougher route? Um, yeah. Now he he might have a worse supporting cast at one point, but I don't know that he'd win it with a worse supporting cast. And that's not to degrade the current cast they have. I'm just saying that I think we'll look back and if he wins this one and, and say that was the best one, that was the best performance he ever had in the postseason. He's the one that, that carried him to, to this particular champion, whatever it might be. I just think that the, it won't get tougher for him than, than this year. To, to this is this is the run that proves that he is the the ridiculous winner. Yeah, it would also be back to back. I yeah. mean, that would also oh, be we, something new. We talked about that to start the year as one of the things that was at stake was their chance. I mean, you can't win back to back till you've won the first one, and not many teams have done it. So to add the franchise and as a quarterback and a coach to add those accomplishments to your resume are huge because only a handful of people have done it. Lots of people have won, not many, but a number of people have won championships. Very few have won back to back. So it, it is a big part of the equation. But I think this what also this states is, you know, Tom Brady. There, there, you know, people. Love to point out, well, Tom Brady only threw for this many yards in one of his championships. And I do relish it, and I enjoy I enjoy some of the things talking about how, look, he was 25-22, and 22, TD, D-I-N-T, and, and all in these 17 wins that he had for the Patriots. I mean, they were winning in spite of him instead of him. I find that interesting. I don't think it's entirely true. But it does speak to he doesn't always play lights out. And I think people, he Patrick Mahomes statistically is not playing lights out. He does physical athletic things that Tom Brady just can't do, Peyton Manning can't do. You know, the 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 hook shot throw to Kelsey and we know the left-handed pass, all the different things he's done that adds to those are plays that other quarterbacks can't make. But what he did this time that Peyton Manning can do and that Tom Brady and Drew Brees and he managed the game. Right? And people are getting caught up in what a great performance. Not statistically. I think it was. And I think they're right to say it because a lot of the things he did and just throwing the ball away was amazing. He didn't take a sack. He didn't take an intentional grounding. It was tremendous. But we saw him, you know, the idea that he has to score touchdowns. He has to throw it deep. He gets greedy. There was none of that. You're right. I mean, in this only... game, it was 100% about what is the best decision yeah. I can make to win this game. The only threw the ball deep twice all game. Uh, one and by was, the way, I'm not saying he does that in other times. When he used to win 38-37, that was they, so they weren't stopping anybody. That's how they had to win. Right? Yeah. But he, he now has been presented a, a different way to do it, and he's happy to embrace that. Winning is his top priority, not setting statistics yeah, totally agree, and yeah. records and all that. He wants to win. Yeah. Um, just to prove that point, you know, I was going to say that just twice all game did he throw a deep. One was basically a throwaway to Rashi Rice when they were doing max protect routes. And so he just, you know, threw the ball off to the right, saying this won't be intentional grounding. The only one was to win the game to, to Marquez Valdez Scanley. The only two times all game that he threw the ball more than twenty yards downfield, and it was because I mean he, I, I completely agree with you. He is past the point of caring about how it looks as he wins. It's purely just about the result for him. Was he ever at that point? 
about how it looks? I think you well, I, I, I think because of what you mentioned earlier, because the weather defense was like he was at the point where he had, you know, it had to look good offensively. I mean, there was no way around it. If they were going to win, that had to be part of the formula. Yeah, I think um, they're playing their best football. We agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah. Still a little bit of room for improvement. I mean, I know they can score more than 17 points. I get that. But, I mean, they're playing a great defense, as you said. But they they can still, quote-unquote, clean some things up. Uh, The question is, like, have they fixed all those things? And we're going to see a good performance regardless. We won't see. Yeah. Fumbles and well, I mean, I think the 49ers look. The 49ers have time to analyze the Chiefs over the last month. I think the past couple teams have probably looked at them in the whole season and said, "This is the team I'm playing." The 49ers know they're playing a team that's peaking at the right time. That's a good point. Yeah, I think uh, they're well coached. Uh, Sam, great stuff. We'll talk to you out in Vegas. Appreciate it. All right, two players share the record for receptions in a postseason game. Name either one. Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue.